Hey everyone, we're back for another week of Find Your Film where us three, you know, I, I got to do a better opening, but us three, we're three, I don't know, movie critics, movie lovers, Bruce Perky, anything for Perks and what, Parkson, what are we? What are we? What, what three? What we are <laughs> what three are amigos? We? Three movie critics? What are we? Three writers? What? Uh, I have to. I have to think about it now. Three something. But I'll, I'll come back to you with um, some terrible pun. But we'll we'll get there. Okay. Bruce Perky doesn't do terrible puns. He's very clever. His name, his moniker for this week is anything for Perkson. That has something to do with one of the movies he's reviewing slash recommending this week. I'm also joined with the second our second co-host, Eric Holmes, aka Eric. Of the vampires, is it Eric of the vampires? Oh no, yeah, it's a scary, scary look. Is it the Eric of the vampires or is it the Eric of the vampires? Because we've been doing vampires all the time. And then, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh vampires. Uh, what is that, Bruce? Anything for? Oh, Bruce Perky was just showing a, a, a disc. I think that has vampires on it. That's a little bit scary for me. Eric Holmes is pimping out the cinematic shirt. That's a podcast that Anderson Cowan and I. Greg Srizavosti, the third member and least member of the group. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Eric Holmes, for promoting Cinematics, the show I've been doing for five years. I, I've been doing this show, Find Your Film, with Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes since July. Bruce Perky, is, 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 what, what is that? Is that a gorilla that you're holding next to you? Are you hugging it? What is, no, that's a raven? Is that a raven? Is that a bird, Eric Holmes? What is Bruce Perky holding? That's, that's a raven. Like it an egg, looks egg like egg a raven. Home. I believe we saw that on. Uh, didn't we see that on the Halloween episode? Yes, we did. I'm not going to make it go off. It's too noisy. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very good memory. I have a horrible memory. Eric Holmes, you still haven't received my Black Sabbath Blu-ray as of yet. You're going to get it probably in about three or four days. By the way, yeah, probably should show up any day. But, Mario uh, Bava. Looking, look, looking forward to that. Yes. And, uh, by the way, uh, speaking of this shirt, I can't. Greg, I can't remember where I got this. Do you do you know where <laughs> someone might be able to pick up a shirt like this? You know what? If you if you want to pick up the shirt for cinematics, if you've heard of the show that I do with Anderson Cowan, again, my better half, just like these two are my better halves for Find Your Film, go to AndersonCowan.com. Thank you so much, Eric Holmes, for the plug on cinematics. But we are not cinematics. We are Find Your Film. Our goal each week is to get you, our faithful listener, and more importantly, avid movie buff, about six to 10, maybe 12, I don't know, 20, a lot of movie recommendations for you guys to check out, hopefully throughout the week and through the weekend. Our um, One movie that all three of us saw this week that we're going to really dive into is this movie called Parallel. It's a, I don't know, paranormal, weird time travel horror. It's, it's, a, it's a mishmash, mishmash, gumbo pot type of thing that I was interested in Bruce Perky's and Eric Holmes's opinions of parallel especially because it has a touch of jallo in it is it jallo or gallo or jallo bruce Berkey, you're the experts jallo right did i pronounce it right yeah jallo jallo it's not giallo though <laughs> it's not giallo it's not giallo but there, there's jello there's no <laughs> gal in giallo <laughs> <laughs> no gal or gal or gal in giallo but there was a little bit of a, of a giallo giallo flourish in parallel we'll be talking about parallel before we get to that movie rewinds do we have any kind of movie rewinds this week folks mm, i don't think so you don't, I don't think, think so. so eric holmes isn't you know what actually bruce per oh, oh bruce perky is he has nope. been the best as far as movie rewinds I have been the worst because I literally 
I'm horrible with actually listening to my better. We have to force you to watch movies. Yes, force you, guys, you at gunpoint. <laughs> you have to force me. And you know, I, I that does not mean I don't respect you, your both of your opinions. I decided I do have a movie rewind for some weird reason this week. I do have a movie rewind. Listeners, movie rewinds is when we watch when someone recommends a movie a certain week. Maybe one of the other co-hosts in the subsequent weeks will maybe catch up on it, watch it, and give his review thoughts on the film. The movie weeks ago, weeks ago, Bruce Perky recommended this movie called Your Name. It's it's anime released in 2016. It's directed by Makota Shinkai. Plot synopsis. Two strangers find themselves linked in a bizarre way when a connection forms. Will distance be the only thing to keep them apart? Bruce, you saw this a couple months ago. Your name, you were really high on this movie. I believe you said this is one of the greatest love stories or an amazing love story. If I recall, what did you love the most about Your Name and why, why did you recommend it so much during that week? I just really liked, I mean, I think I compared it a little bit to Lady Hawk. There's some elements that are similar to that. I really liked how it started out as almost like a soapy teen, like pop teen anime romance kind of a thing, a body switch thing. And then it slowly transformed into something a little bit deeper and a little bit more interesting. And there's a, a twist that occurs about, mm, I guess about halfway through that elevates it for me, uh, along with just some of the most beautiful animation, just stunningly beautiful animation uh and it's it's a great i think it's a pretty solid love story did you remember this uh, eric we've, we've covered we've covered so many movies your name animated film this is one of the here's the thing eric holmes to maybe down the line you might rewind this yourself rotten tomatoes yeah. tomato meter 98 percent on your name audience score 94 percent. this these numbers are pretty much unheralded i mean we months ago a couple months ago we bruce perky spearheaded the satoshi con Find your film spotlight on that filmmaker. And we did Millennium Actress. What else did we do? Uh, not Tokyo Godfathers, Millennium uh, Actress and Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those those movies, as much as we love them, did not get the same score that your name got. So your name is just universally loved. It's like the Titanic of anime. Right. Basically. Is that a good pitch to you, Eric Holmes? The Titanic of anime when it comes to, would that make you, and the gorgeous looking visuals, is that something that would draw you in? Well, I, I do like the Titanic, and I'm very curious then to see what James Cameron did with an anime. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like like Bruce Berge says, your name, it's essentially a body switch film. It centers on two teenagers. They wake up in each other's bodies. One's a boy. One's a girl. The boy, when he wakes, wakes up in the girl's body, of course, he, he likes to feel the boobies, likes to feel. He, there's, a, there's a lot of like feeling up of himself, and it sounds really gross but it's it's not it, the way it's done in your name is very almost wholesome it's just it's a, mm-hmm. it's a it's a very pure and wholesome film it starts off like bruce says as a body switch thing where you're going okay so you see the rhythms of these two people who are invading each other's lives by inhabiting each other's bodies so it's like one of these body switch body switch comedies you'd see in the mid 80s to early 90s sort of thing And then there's a twist in the middle of your name when you realize ultimately once they get to know each other within these bodies and they get to know each other as people, they try to sort of figure out how can I, how can I actually stay in a stay in my own body and b actually get to meet this other person. And the way they meet is literally a knockout. It will blow you away. 
And the, my only caveat to this is I, the thing about Bruce Perky, what he's really influenced me is I don't like to give too many spoilers. Okay. There are certain movies that if you like a, if you like this movie, you're going to like your name. The problem, if you mention that movie, that movie's twist will be spoiled for you. So I can't say this movie, it's Bruce, was this like a four and a half, five, or was it more of a four star for you? I'd say it's, it's that four and a half, five era. If, if you are in to where this is going, I think it's going to be four and a half, five for you. I mean, I like a really solid romance movie and I feel like this is that category. So, right. Okay. So I, this is a four star movie for me. Excellent film. I didn't love it as much as Millennium Actress because I love yeah. a lot of tragedy and depth and just bittersweet. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a pessimist. Your name has a lot of sad things that happen, but ultimately it's a very, you know, when you look at Bruce was talking about the anime, the animation, it's just eye popping, gorgeous to look at. If you just like it on a visual level, it almost gets three and a half just right then and there. But the twist makes your name just completely worth it. I, I was expecting to cry my eyes out and feel so many things, but maybe if I was 20, 21, or maybe if I had a better outlook on life like Bruce Berkey did, does, I, I would have loved Your Name more, but still, it's still quite the excellent movie. Your Name, definitely worth, I forget what, where you saw it, Bruce, because I bought it. I bought a-, a I uh, rented it. I rented it on like Amazon Prime or one of those. Okay. And it's like, I don't know. Three, three, four bucks, which I think it's worth it for that. And I, I agree with you, though. This isn't Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is yes. next level. That's like like top tier right. romance right. for me. Yes, yes. I mean, Bruce Perky threw up another uh, dark romance that I love. I, I really love. That's like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Vertigo, Millennium yeah. Actress. This one doesn't reach it, but it's not supposed to reach it. It doesn't live in that yeah. world anyway. But again, listeners, if you have... A, a sunny side on the street with a little bit of darkness to it, your name is perfect to check out. So either rent it on digital like like Bruce did or or actually I would say buy the um, the steelbook. I bought the steelbook for 24, 25 bucks. I definitely, it's definitely a, a good keep for me. And the twist is amazing. Eric Holmes, I can't wait till you see this movie. I'm not even going to tell you after we're done taping. I'm not even going to tell you what movie this reminded me of. I will tell Bruce later. Because I, I'm sure Bruce you told you me that. you said Titanic. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> listeners. The Titanic thing has nothing to do with the twist <clears throat> in your name. Once you get to the twist, even I'm not even spoiling it for you when I say that there's a twist in your name. You're gonna get to it and you're gonna say, "Oh, this is a twist," and then it'll just floor you. Okay, so that is your name, 2016, directed by Makato Shinkai. Definitely our movie rewind for the week. I can't believe I was the one who spearheaded that. That is the first time ever I've actually done a movie rewind of import. Okay, so speaking of which, before we get to our recommendations, I saw a movie last week called Parallel. Okay, indie indie film, and it's it's a multiverse time travel movie about a several a group of app developers who really they're they're living in this i don't know if it's a victorian house it's really interesting house and they they get up to a certain portion of the house and they realize there is some kind of i don't know bruce like a a mirror or a portal that leads them Mm -hmm. to another world Uh, actually their world but maybe several seconds or a minute beforehand so it's just a bunch of really good friends and they discover this weird time travel portal and they realize by going through, whenever they go through the portal, they can, it will give them advantages 
on present day. Like, for example, if you go through the portal and you live in, in that multiverse for several weeks, you come back to your current your current life right now, maybe only 10 or 15 minutes have passed. So imagine going through that portal and actually living in that multiverse, that universe for about several weeks and you have to get a certain job done and then coming back, going through that portal again and coming back to present day and only 10 minutes has elapsed. elapsed. Yeah. So that's amazing. Sorry. Sorry, Bruce. I wish I could go through a portal and actually correct that. Thankfully, I have audacity for my audio editing forms. But parallel, I thought was an interesting construct. Now, I'm wondering, Bruce Porky, what did you think of parallel? It had an interesting construct. Did it live up to the overall formula? I thought it had an interesting construct and really interesting ideas and some interesting ways that it played out. I didn't, I didn't enjoy the presentation so much. And I can describe a few things about it that I didn't like. And but some things I really did like, and it also had a thing that annoys me. And this is only, <laughs> this is one of those things. Okay. This is kind of a sidebar and I'm sure you've all experienced this where a movie either deals with a subject you're really familiar with or exists in a place that you've lived. And something about that is just so wrong that it annoys you. And I don't know if you ever experienced this, like say, I don't know, say you're a photographer and the main character is a photographer and they do something that just doesn't make sense well this is one of those things and for example friends they'd always talk about the apartment that they had in friends and how that apartment would cost however much well having lived in seattle these kids all live in this like you said it's like this kind of victorian house in seattle and even to rent that house right now would probably cost you about five to six thousand dollars a month like that's a that's over a million dollar house in seattle yeah easily so right out of the gate i'm like what how are they so that annoyed me it's like how are they affording this house so but that's kind of it's a little thing but it just bugged me you know but i think in a bigger sense i i I really really did not like the camera work in this movie it was terrible so many swish pans so many dutch angles so many sliding over to dutch angles so many humorous montages and at many times was i watching it i was like I feel like I'm in a beer commercial and I should feel like I'm in something else. So I was wildly distracted by the presentation of the material. Mm. Would you recommend it? So you wouldn't definitely not recommend this movie. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, it's, it's okay. Watch it's keeps Mm. you interested. It has some interesting ideas. So I would, I wouldn't say it's like, uh, I don't hate it. It, It's Mm. not fat man. It's not tenant even though it's poster looks like tenant. <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah. all right. It's all right. Well, you know, parallel, it also, it also stars Kathleen Quinlan. She has mm-hmm. a pretty cool opening. We were talking about the Jallo stuff. There's, there's a little bit of a Jallo homage in the beginning where you realize how this time travel construct works where Kathleen Quinlan, she sees sort of her and her alter her, she actually meets herself in the beginning, the opening of this movie in that house, and it's all the the, the opening is sort of bathed in red. So it, a little bit of a little bit of an homage to that. And I I ended up really enjoying this movie. The Dutch angles, the swish pans, uh, the self conscious filmmaking. I I'm a De Palma guy, so I liked what this director Isaac Esbon was doing with the material and with what limited funds he had. I my only complaint is. I think there were a little bit too many, too many subplots. I think if they could have streamlined some of the story 
a little bit more and just focus in a, on a couple more, just a couple of the people. There was a subplot with one of the characters that I, I was like, eh. But overall, I thought the construct of the movie was interesting as an indie film with what he did with the movie and, and building this multiverse with not too much of a budget. I thought it was pretty commendable. So I would recommend Parallel, which hits theaters. Most likely you'll get it on digital. It's not on digital. It's in, in select theaters and on demand December 11th, Vertical Entertainment. It was an engaging enough time. I really want to see Isaac Esben's future work and maybe Mm -hmm. this movie's making me interested to see what he's done in the past. So I had a different take on Parallel. Eric Holmes, break the tie. What did you think? Well, uh, I can kind of break the tie because I saw most of it. (laughs) And then the the link I had broke. So I probably got, uh, I'd say the last 15 20 minutes i didn't get to see i will say i am dying to know what that last 15 20 minutes is i i see what bruce is saying about like the the weird you know camera camera stuff you know it gets in the way a bit but story-wise i i was kind of on board I, I mean i was really on board just like okay okay i i don't know quite where this is going but i'm interested to find out and then the link broke and i'm like shit <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm very I'm very uh, curious to see. Uh, I, I guess that would be a question for you guys. Uh, how, how does does the ending stick the landing, or uh, like how? I I would say Bruce. What did you think? I was going to say there's something at the end that actually I really liked. What happened to a certain character? I'm not going to say what it is because you haven't seen it. But I yeah. I would say I wish it had been a little more gutsy. <laughs> <laughs> in some of the things that happened that, <laughs> towards the end, it was a little more gutsy and I kind of appreciated that. Like it, it kind of went forward a little more. So I would say mm-hmm. the ending uh, did kind of stick the landing. If, if you're on board for the rest of the movie, I don't think the ending will disappoint you. I actually think the ending kind of elevated a little bit because mm-hmm. it went a little bolder than it had before in story elements where I actually think it could have got to that level a little quicker. Like All I right. think it, it took a while to get to the meat of the story, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. And I well, and I think the ideas were there. It could have it could have really streamlined the first maybe forty five minutes into about fifteen minutes and let the yeah. other stuff go. I, I guess where you know, like I said, the the parts I've seen where I would disagree. I I was just in on the journey because I, I like the discovery of it. The oh, what's this thing? Or well, first of all, you got the uh, the opening scene with the uh, mm-hmm. old lady, and then they find the room. And it, it got a it got a really cool kind of Goonies vibe to me. Like, oh, what's yeah. this? Oh, what's this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. Oh, and and so there's a, at least for me there was a lot of discovery to this. To let's see what they find next. Oh, let's see how they figure this out. And then they find the mirror. Oh, let's see. You know, let's see how this mirror works. And I thought it was really clear on. I wouldn't say clear on the rules, but it it was clear on how the characters were finding out about the rules. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Like like yeah. when they both jump in the mirror and the one jumps after and then they come and then they're all alone, but they have to figure out why that is. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, if we grab on, you know, do this and that. And it's stuff that as they're doing it, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it it, it just really drew me in. And I, so. I would say I compare it compared to a movie like Synchronic, which doesn't do the same things, but deals with a similar like kind yeah. of discovering things where I yeah. think that one was way more compelling. Whereas this one, I think, was was fun though. This one was just it was it was. I wanted more meat on the bones. More meat, there, I guess. Fair enough. More meat on the bones from Bruce Perky. I recommend it. I enjoyed it. 
And Eric Holmes, even though you're 15 minutes out, you were so far you're enjoying the experience. Yeah, I'll just have to run it on uh, December 11th, I guess. Or... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it because I've enjoyed it so far. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing seeing what's left. I would agree with You'll what like Bruce the said. Yeah, the ending is good. There's there's an uptick as far as where the filmmaker takes the story. It, it just turns into an entirely sort of an entirely different thing. And it really goes for some goes for a certain type of material, which I mean, if you if you saw the opening moments of them, obviously you saw the opening moments. It doesn't go fully stylized, but it has some really nice flourishes to it, which it ramps up a lot of the excitement for Parallel, which again comes out in theaters and on demand December 11th, starring Emil Amin, Martin Wallstrom, Georgia King. Mark O'Brien, the aforementioned Kathleen McQuinlan, and it's directed by Isaac Esben. So that is our main review for this week. That is Parallel. And now we're starting off with our recommendations. Bruce Berkey, what's your first one? Anything for Perkson? What what you got? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's anything for Jackson. Look at that. Wow, that's just meant to be, huh? Uh, I'll start out with Shudder because, you know me, I'm a Shudder shill. I wish they paid me to talk about their movies, but they don't. Wink, wink. Come on, guys. Let's get some money over here. Um, so Shutter ha- it's a Shutter exclusive. So you do have to go to Shutter to watch this movie. And from what I could read, this is also a very low budget movie. It was made for a couple hundred thousand dollars, 300,000, something like that. So not, not a big budget. It is, I'm not going to spoil hardly any of this. And unfortunately, even the trailer or any reviews you see, they're going to spoil something that you will find out in the first 10 minutes. But I'm not even going to spoil that. I'm going to let you find out that too. So what I will do is I'll kind of give you a reason why this is worth checking out. So before you, before yeah. you go, Bruce, sorry, yeah. I'm looking on my email, which I never open, and it's they're the synopsis. Eric, when you read the synopsis of this, I'm not going to read it out of respect to your review, Bruce. They just say everything. I mean, it, yeah. what I'm what I'm asking you is, do you think it's such a, a subtraction to have it out there? Like, there's a big word which we're not going to use, which you did not review, which which yeah. Bruce Perky did not use in his Rusto Meyer review. Check it out. Check it out his review on Rusto Meyer. But do you think it, there's? It, I think I don't think it spoils the movie because I think the fun in this movie is watching how the characters progress and interact through the situation they have. But I think it's really fun to discover what they're doing in those first 10 minutes. So that's why I'm not giving it away. I think if you can find out what's happening organically, it's really fun. Now, what I will give you is a few things. One thing is I described this is it's one of those kind of movies where, and I think you see this a lot in crime movies where a character say gets in over their head and they do something and it messes everything up. They, you know, botch a heist, they um, commit a murder by mistake and they have to clean up the mess. And as their mess, they continually do efforts to try to clean up that mess. It gets worse and worse and worse. This movie has some of that in it, but even more, this is what I think to me really sold it as very unique. First of all, your two main characters are Audrey and Henry. They're an older married couple, like retirement age older, like 60s maybe early 70s played by some actors you will recognize but you may not know where you know them from but they've been in a million things audrey is sheila mccarthy henry is uh julian richings which i loved in um if you ever saw the series patriot he was a character named ichabod and he looked like ichabod crane but he never understood why everyone called him like looked at him when he said his name was ichabod they looked at him like what 
he's like, what? He's fantastic in this movie as the main. Well, they're both main. They're both the main characters. So what I brought up in my review uh, is think of (laughs) you think of, you know, like you have uh, older. They're smart, but your older grandparents and their their grasp of technology maybe isn't the best. So you give them an iPhone or you give them, you know, FaceTime or Facebook and they're like really enthusiastic, but they don't quite know how to use it. And I think you're take- describing me and you, Bruce. I don't know. Is that- <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, so take that idea yeah. and then instead of, you know, some technology, they're applying that to satanic worship. And that is what's kind of going on here. But I'm not going to tell you what they want to use satanic worship for. They have a very specific reason. And it's really darkly comedic, but it's also, there's some really high emotional stakes, which are involved. And there's some really great creepy moments. I think it's just a really fun, inventive and unpredictable movie throughout. And I loved watching these two characters like move through the situation they have. And I think if, if that sounds interesting at all to you, you're going to have a lot of surprising fun with this movie. Wow. Would you consider this one of, this sounds from your review, one of the, I'm trying to think of, you've, you've had a couple of really shutter recommendations. This is high mm-hmm. on your, is this pretty high on your shutter yeah, recommendation? I, I think it doesn't quite nail the landing for me exactly. So I think there's a little bit of a drop off towards the end and the scary stuff isn't really super scary to me. Although I've heard a lot of people say they find it really, really creepy. So that's kind of a judgment call. I really love the unpredictable character stuff in this movie. So I, it's definitely a recommend. I don't know if it's as high as like um, dogs don't wear pants or tigers are not afraid. Those those are like top tier shutter for me, like right. super top tier tier shutter. And this so. is like you said, indie made for several hundred thousand. So it's yeah. one of those. That's pretty cool. Oh. And the one last thing I went and looked at the IMDb. Look at the IMDb. For the director right now, Greg, if you haven't looked. I did. I, I All I do is I look at IMDb. And all day. what That's do you not... see on his list of movies he's made? Just a whole bunch of Christmas movies. <laughs> yep. Christmas this movies. Guy, TV this movies. guy has Christmas made TV like movies. 15 or 20 TV Christmas movies. And I'm like, what is happening here? So I'm trying to get an interview with this director because I need to find out. I need to talk to this person. <laughs> Maybe some of that style from those Christmas movies translated into this film. So I, I, yeah, it's really, yeah. I I still, I can't believe I'm not a, I'm not a shutter guy yet. Eric Holmes, you still, it's at one of the streaming services you love. You love a lot shutter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch it nearly as much as Bruce. In fact, I mean, my, as you know, my streaming service of choice is clearly YouTube. So it's weird. I'll, I'll have streaming service, like someone will be free on a streaming service I have, but I'll rent it on YouTube anyway. <laughs> it's, it's, I have a problem, guys. I, I really need help. I have a problem. Yeah. I Yeah, I just, it was Shutter is just, it seems like you're, that's, that's your, is that your number one streaming service of choice, Bruce, just because of, no, I, I mean, I, I mean, two of mine today are, I think, are from Netflix. Uh, Amazon Prime has a ton of great stuff. The thing that Shutter does is that it really aims towards kind of daring and international stuff. So, uh, and they drop usually five to ten new movies a week. So, you know, at least five wow. a week. So you wow. go on there every couple of days, and something will drop on there, and I might find something cool and um, very unique stuff that I won't find anywhere else, like the Estonian crazy black and white art film called November. Right, it, it, that's nowhere else. 
So, right. and like you were saying, anything for Jackson is unpredictable. You 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 meant yeah. the the way the story's told because you've seen a lot of movies like this, I'm sure. But you just like the way it was just written. Yeah, the way it was written, and it just doesn't. It leans towards a trope, and then it twists it in a way. Mm. And just having these two main characters, like it's funny. Earlier we talked about, and I can't remember what was, it, what was the name of that movie. With, <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the movie with Diane Lane where they were the going across the let it go let it go let her go let him go let him go yeah so i mean there's a movie where you have kind of grandparent age people as protagonists here you have them as antagonists slash protagonists you know in a strange twisty horror movie you i've never seen that before wow okay so that to me right alone is interesting and weird Pretty huge endorsement from Bruce as far as, I, I mean, I'm concerned. I'm, I'm interested for anything for Jackson. That is Bruce's <laughs> first recommendation this week. Eric Holmes, what is your first recommendation this week? Well, I will uh, stick with the uh, Christmas theme, I guess, and uh, talk about one that I'm sure we've all seen. Uh, not sure what to say about it, but it's uh, I rewatch Home Alone. Well, rewatch Home Alone this week. Yeah, and uh, I remember that movie came came out in in that time, and uh, it played in theaters forever. Was that everywhere? Nineteen ninety, nineteen ninety, November sixteenth, nineteen ninety. Now, did that play from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety three? Because for some reason, I remember that movie being in theaters forever, like and not <laughs> that, that and Roger Rabbit. For some reason, but so I've I've seen Home Alone a lot back then when it came out, and then it finally came out on HBO or whatever. Watched it a bunch there, and then I hadn't seen it forever. Like you hear about Home Alone and everything, so watching it this week was like first time I've seen it, and it's been a while. It's weird because in my mind it feels like I just seen it like last year or something, but realistically, probably haven't seen it for decades. This movie holds up really, really well. Like I I don't know when the last time you guys have seen Home Alone but is quite fun and mm-hmm. very funny. And yeah, I, I, I did not know that I miss home alone in my life as much as I do. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I can add to the uh, discussion of home alone. I mean, than- do you watch it because you sort of, you love Chris, Christopher Columbus with what he's done with Joe Dante. Is that kind of the, the mix or no, uh, Brandon wanted my uh, nephew, Brandon wanted to watch a Christmas movie and I saw home alone and I'm like, maybe Brandon could watch Kevin McAllister and say, Hey, that's me. I want to put up traps and, you know, destroy my uncle Eric and nearly kill him. Just like he's doing with the wet bandits. But, uh, (laughs) um, no, he just wanted to watch a Christmas movie, so that was one I put in. And then as I'm watching it with him, I'm just like, God damn, this movie's fucking good. I cannot believe how how, how good this movie is and just how well it holds up. YouTube? You saw it YouTube or something or uh no, I think it was I think it was Amazon. Amazon, Amazon okay. or Netflix, one of those two. Okay. God, I suck at I suck at this. <laughs> but uh yeah, well, I'll look it up. Yeah, this uh, it's it's also uh, I I seem to remember because everyone I think remembers Home Alone the idea that Joe Pesci and uh, City Slickers guy I can't remember his name Daniel Stern Daniel you know, Stern you know what you saw it on Disney Plus Disney Plus you saw it on Disney Plus maybe yeah. you did yeah I didn't you know saw Disney, you saw it you... oh yeah we do because I get the Mandalorian all right so yeah that that was probably it then but I I just remember Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern coming in and Kevin McAllister like you know setting up traps and 
but there's like a bunch of like a whole like whole set like that doesn't even really happen to like halfway through the movie like they do all this set up with all the all the characters and the family and that stuff's like uh I, I think that stuff's really underrated because it it really hit home for me like the the character work that's done in this movie and i don't think it home alone's a really a movie that people kind of talk about that sort of thing but it, it really feels kind of like a uh john hughes type movie in that regard and yeah what oh, what what kind of age can out. say this? What what age is it? All ages, you think? Or what yeah. Think? Oh yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I mean, I loved it. Uh, Brandon loved it, and so I I can't imagine. I'm sure there's some haters, but it's 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 a really well made movie, and I think it's I think I think it's a lot better than people remember. When my when my niece was a year or two years old, whenever I, I take her to this place called my gym. It, it was just sort of a place where she could learn how to just climb and see other kids. And, you know, it's one of these things when she was a baby, basically. And one of her, my early commands that I put into her head was Macaulay Culkin. And whenever I said Macaulay Culkin, she'd, she'd do, she'd do the little <laughs> Macaulay Culkin thing. So that's why I wanted to ask you, because I, I believe I still have home alone here and I can't wait for her to see it. I wonder if yeah. she's might be too young. For home alone yeah. bruce did you s- oh no you know oh no oh no no I, I i don't think she'd be too young it's a cartoon i, I, think... I mean basically it's a live action yeah. cartoon yeah that's true yeah. that's true i saw it in the theaters I, I saw it in the theaters as well did bruce did you see it did you see home alone in the theaters yourself or i, I think so i mean gosh like one of those things like you've seen it so many times you, i can't even remember i mean i always wow. think of this one and like back to the future like you can like they're right. evergreen like you can right. never go wrong with those movies. Right. That you see yeah. them with your kids, all that stuff. I'm sure you saw. They're with timeless. Your- yeah, and and I think that they always are fun to watch. They're kind of for any age. They're never too scary. They're never too violent. Um, yeah. And once again, I think just to to bring it up, Macaulay Culkin, like he has to hold that movie. Like he has to carry that movie so much, and he it just shows like what a awesome actor he was as a kid. And I think that they say that that was based on. Um, his little small part or small-ish part in Uncle Buck. And I think they oh. saw what he was doing in there. And they said, just take that. Because wasn't there a scene in there where he's like looking through the mail slot or something and he's doing that thing? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, it's when he first shows up and he's like kind of having a little conversation through the mail slot. And I think they took that scene and they said, let's make a whole movie of that. And I think that was the inspiration for Home Alone. So Very I don't cool. know. Okay, so that's Home Alone. It's currently streaming on Disney Plus, seen by Eric Holmes and I guess. I, su- I suppose the only thing I suppose the only thing Uncle <laughs> Uncle Buck. I suppose the only thing Home Alone is missing is that there's no giant pancake scene. Yes, uh, other than that, it would be a perfect movie. <laughs> Watch them both. Watch them both. <laughs> All right, so we got uh, the first recommendation is Home Alone. It's it's good. It's perfect. The perfect timing for the Christmas. The holidays, well, which were right around the corner. Bruce Berkey, do you have a holiday? Well, you actually, you know what? Actually, anything for Jackson is sort of a Christmas theme selection anyway. Do you have a non-Christmas theme? <laughs> Mine are so, so not Christmassy. I'm terrible this week. <laughs> so anything for Jackson, I would, I would suggest for a lot of people. I think if there's one movie of my three that might be a Greg movie, it's this movie I'm going to talk about now. Okay. And that is The Call 2020. South Korean on Netflix, directed by Chung Hyun Lee. Oh, I didn't even mention the other movie was directed by, um, I should have told you guys, because he should get credit. Okay, Way back yeah, in, Anything for Jackson is directed by Justin G. Dyke or Dick, D-Y-C-K. I don't know how okay. to say his name. All right, The Call, 
directed by Chun Young Lee. Two main stars that you need to know is Young Suk is played by Jong Seo Jun, and she's in The Burning. If you've seen The Burning, you might recognize her. I haven't seen The Burning. You know why? Because it's so freak that movie. It's so long. Is it (laughs) worth? Eric, have you seen The Burning? I mean, I look at the I look at the runtime and I go, okay, okay, yeah. I haven't seen it. This movie isn't that long. It's about this is almost two hours though, so it's it's a little bit long, but it's got reasons. The other main character is Seo Yun, played by Park Shin Hai. They're the kind of the two main characters. And here's the concept. And this this movie, you talk about twisty. This movie is twisty. Twisty thriller, Greg. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so <laughs> the best way to describe this is you have a young woman, that's Seo Yun, and she's coming to a house that she lived with as a kid, but both of her parents are passed at this point, and she moves, she's moving back to this house. And when she arrives, she has lost her cell phone on the train or whatever. And in fact, she's trying to locate it. You know, you locate your phone and that it's not working out. She doesn't have her cell phone, but there is a landline in this house. Now, if you've ever seen the lake house, which I don't think I've even seen the lake house, but I know the concept of the lake house, right? Isn't it? It's a uh, <laughs> Keanu and um, what's her name? Um, oh gosh. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Yes. And they're from different area, different times in the same house and they can communicate through the mailbox, right? First of all, Bruce. Okay. Before <laughs> you get into this, Remember how I said for what what was a for, for uh what was the movie I'm thinking oh for for uh wah, I was going to mention that you were mentioning the lake house have any of you seen the lake house Yeah I only know the concept of it I haven't watched it Okay how dare you Bruce because <laughs> listeners I'm just going to spoil everything for you right now I said your name is a movie that really has an interesting twist and if I said it reminded me of a certain movie, it would spoil your experience forever and ever. But you know what? Bruce decided to un- open Pandora's box and he just... What I do. <laughs> Coincidence. <laughs> Listeners, if you've seen the Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves film, The Lake House, you might really enjoy your name. Kind of reminds me of The Lake House. So that's my mini spoiler on that, your name. That's actually selling it. <laughs> All right. I had to do it. So go ahead. Back to the call. Okay. Here's the concept. So the main girl gets there. She gets a phone call. It's another young woman. And she sounds like she's in distress. The other young woman, Young Sook, is calling from 1999 from the same house. And this young woman that you're meeting now is in 2019. So they kind of build up this strange relationship where they're talking on the phone back and forth. The woman from 1999 is kind of into grunge and that whole thing, you know, kind of in, kind of, you know, a disaffected kid. She's got a really kind of abusive mom. Um, there's a lot of stress in her life. But of course, the woman in the present can look back in history and like look at news reports and Google and stuff and find out that something might have happened in this woman's future in 1999. And that alone, it would be interesting enough. But there is a moment where the young version of the modern girl arrives at the house in the past as a child and encounters the woman from the past. And they both have a way that they might be able to change each other's futures. And that alone might be interesting and twisty enough. That's sold me already. But there is a twist in this movie once certain things about their histories have changed that 
I did not see coming. And when it happened, hopefully if you don't read it, you won't know what happens. There's a twist and there's a point where something really changes and you'll either love it or hate it. But once it happened, I was blown away. And there is a cat and mouse sort of element that builds up in this movie that is freaking amazing. Okay. Call. Anything to do with being inside a video game? Nope. No. Damn it. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna talk about this, what 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 it feels like to be inside of a video game later this episode eric holmes will that's a nice little does, mini tease of the tease this does stuff with time and everything like we talk about tenant i'm always kind of joking about tenant right at whatever but this you is weren't joking about tenant but i mean i mean it's kind of become like a running joke right i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this <laughs> this plays with time and changing events and mind-bending stuff but it does it in a highly operatic, emotional. If you're on board for this, this is so such an epic movie. Um, epic, okay. epic. It does some things that are amazing, and I can't describe the type of genre it's an epic type of because if I did, it would tell you something you don't know for about forty minutes of this movie. Okay, listeners, the call, like Bruce Perky was saying, like he said, it's streaming on Netflix. It's a South Korean film. When you say the call in Korean, I guess the word, the name, the moniker is call K-O-L. So it's the call parentheses K-O-L. The reason why I know this is I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Only six critics have reviewed it. <laughs> Current rating, 100%. So my question to you, Bruce, right now there's user ratings, about 81 people as of this recording. 80% audience score. Do you think that's even, that's pretty solid to me, but. Yeah, I think what you're saying is you wouldn't be surprised if that number maybe goes goes up or you know, what do you think? Maybe. I mean, this is a hard one to say because some people don't it it's actually got so much going on in it that some people might be like it's too much for me or it might be too much for them to like want in their movie. They might want it to just stay with what it is for the first 45 minutes, which is kind of that lake house, you know, two young women in different time periods kind of working to help each other's emotional issues. But that's not what this movie becomes. So Whoa. some people might some people might not like to go where it goes. I loved where it went. And it does some twists in the second half that freaking blew me away. Like better twist than the handmaiden? Away. Better twist than the handmaiden? Handmaiden's like a different thing. A handmaiden's like a level of art that is sure. Beautiful. This okay. is a little trashier than that, but yeah, I that's why I think you would love this because I think it has I don't say it's like Palma, but it's that level of not trashiness, but it's definitely a little bit operatic in the way that it attacks some of its things. Oh, that's so amazing. I'm so excited to see the call. I think you would like this. I I might see this tonight and and I usually (laughs) sleep as soon as we're done with the podcast listeners. I usually probably get, I get the video processed and then I I go straight, straight to bed. I might actually South Korean film. Wow, with mm-hmm. South Korean actors and a twisty thriller, I think like Bruce was right. It's one; it hits all, everything I want in a movie. You so, might hate it. I, if you hate it, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think you will. I mean, I, I think, I think at least like it. I don't. I don't remember my, myself like several weeks ago. Eric Holmes was talking about Asian films, and he saw recently saw an Asian film that he didn't like as much, and he was surprised that because most Asian films you've seen, no matter what, what country you end up loving, Eric, I ended up Korean films, most Korean films I've seen of love. So the way you're talking about this, so you love this movie. I really did. I, it, it, it surprised me in how much I was, I loved this movie. I, I really like it. Wow. I like it a lot. Okay. Okay. That's a huge, another huge recommendation 
from Bruce Perky, The Call, streaming on Netflix. Eric of the Vampires, Eric Holmes, what's your next recommendation? All right. Well, speaking of Mario Bava, I've seen a 1965 movie. Oh, wait, we weren't talking about Mario Bava? Well, that's too bad. Now we are. <laughs> first of all, first of all, do we? Is it our mission until we it runs the cup runneth runneth out that we're we're just gonna keep on doing Mario Bava stuff? Because I, I bet mean, you you're gonna do it. You're gonna do another Mario Bava next week once you get Black Sabbath, Eric. You know that. And last week we yeah yeah good point good point okay okay I did Danger Die by Leak last week. Remember? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is part two of our three P to Bavia. <laughs> by the or way, Bob, Mario Bava has a son. And I think it behooves us after we're done with the Mario Baba stuff just to do films directed by a son as well. So I'm down with that. Okay. okay. So what is your what is your Baba pick this week? I, this one is a 1965 movie called Terrore Nello Spazio, otherwise known as Planet of the Vampires. Oh, dun, dun, okay. dun, 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 dun. Wait, wait, wait. So Bruce Perky, you're holding up a disc to it. How did you see it? Eric Holmes, did you have a disc or did you a shutter? Maybe I rented it on YouTube, which probably <laughs> means it's playing free on shutter. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you rented it on YouTube, Bruce, can you, since you are the sh- you are secret listeners, I think Bruce Perky is secret, secretly being paid by shutter. Can you do our, our Baba, <laughs> Baba for shutter? Once again, Resto Meyer, you know, support me. Go for it. I'm fine with that. You were telling us about Bava, about what's going on with Bava and Shutter this week or like the last several weeks? Um, they added a bunch of Bava movies. They did not add this movie or Danger Diabolique, though. But they have a bunch of the classic ones, Black Sabbath we talked about and Black Sunday and um, a bunch of them. And they just added about three or four other non-Bava giallos like a day ago. Oh, and I'm going to rent all of those on YouTube this week. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you should uh, be no, sponsored I, by I, YouTube, by the way. <laughs> that, that won't happen. Um, actually, I, I was wrong. I rented this on uh, Amazon, actually. Okay. So I, I, I'm a huge liar, and I, am, I apologize for this. Um, <laughs> but uh, this movie is, uh, well, I mean, it's. I, I don't know if Bruce mentioned it previously. It's really similar in plot to Alien. They go on a alien planet. I want to say it's Mars, but I don't think that's. I don't think that's right. They uh, landed on planet undetermined, as far as I can tell. And it's got the. Uh, it's got a the forty times the gravity of Earth, which right away my space brain's like that will crush you. It <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work, but you know whatever. So they go on this planet, and uh, then they, you know, they. It's weird because they're not really vampires. They're kind of uh, zombies because the uh, certain members of the crew die and then they come back, you know, they got like blood. They, they come back as air quote vampires, but they're really kind of zombies. And it's uh, it's got kind of uh, flavors of the thing because there's a little bit of uh, who like, OK, in the movie, we're watching it. We know that they're the vampires because they have the thing on their face. But I, it's they play it in the movie like they're not quite sure. Like they'll see someone coming. Are are they going to be safe? Are they not? And so it's got uh, it's got a little bit of that thing to it. It's got a pretty sure that. Well, it says right here that it was influenced uh, Alien, and I could totally see that because it's almost it's not a shot for shot. Alien isn't shot for shot remake of this, but the two are two are very similar to each other. Um, it's not this one, like Alien. Is it more campy then? Because oh sorry. no, yeah, no. This is. Uh, I mean, if you've seen uh, with Danger Diabolique, this is kind of that same kind of camp. Uh, really bright color. Well, 
muted colors or darker colors, not muted, darker colors because it's in space in this spooky movie. Uh, but like a lots of blues and reds and dark colors. There's a lot of really cool filmmaking going on here uh, with the uh, force perspectives and the miniatures and just the way they the sets they use. Yeah, this is a, this is a really cool. This is like if uh, uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space was like uh, if Ed Wood was had more talent, it would probably look <laughs> a lot like uh, Planet yeah. of the Vampires. I, I would I would recommend this. I don't think this is a movie for everyone, but if you like that kind of, uh, I I don't want to use the term schlocky because this is actually a really good movie. It's just kind of campy, I guess. Um, yeah. I, but the filmmaking I, is really good. I always say for me, like this is like my sweet spot because I love like those 50s sci-fi kind of movies that are not necessarily great, but I love them. They make me feel really happy. And I love that giallo, like gothic stuff that goes on with Baba. So this is like mashed together. So it's like, okay, I'm in. Uh, don't you though, lo- don't you love, I mean, I-, I love, I should say, the sequence in the middle with the dead giant alien stuff, that whole sequence is one of my favorites. It's so cool and weird. Yeah. yeah. The Oddly, my favorite parts on this is when they're walking it's where it's not really a scene. It's just parts. But when they're walking on the planet or like mm-hmm. uh, they'll have like a part where they're going inside of uh, there's a part where they go inside of a cave. Mm-hmm. So they have the they have the background, the the map background and then some sort of not animated, but there's some stuff moving. And then there's like a miniature that they kind of force perspective themselves into in the foreground. And so it, it plays tricks on my eyes, but it's really cool how it was done. Yeah, and 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 it's it's weird to even say because it's not really a scene; it's just like a five second shot of them walking into this thing on the bottom corner. But it, it's just really well done. The way they're walking through the 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 terrain, and then just seeing how the backgrounds, like how they you know built the backgrounds and everything, and uh, yeah, and the suits. I love the suits. The suits, yeah, <laughs> like the wetsuits, the wetsuit spacesuits is that basically. Do you, Bruce, do you think that Baba is as much as he's loved by a certain level of film buff or cinephile that, you know, you mentioned Black Sabbath, Blood and Black Lace, Danger, what, Diabolique, or, mm-hmm. and now this, what is it, Planet of the Vampires? That mm-hmm. disc, what, what do you have? Is that disc, does that have a lot of really cool special features? Can you tell us a little bit about what you have? Or No, this is like when they used to have these little, like, MGM presents midnight movies. They used to make these little, a whole series of these okay, things. Cool. Yes. I remember um, those. And there aren't the, the best, but you can get a lot of weird movies that way. You could for not very much. Now they don't, you can't get them. I mean, I don't even know. They probably have reissued this on arrow or something. I don't know what. Yeah. But, better version of it. Yeah. Okay. The transfer is okay on, on yours. On the midnight. Yeah, movie. It's good. It's decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you think he's underrated in the, in the fact that maybe people just lump him in a certain section? Because you look at all those, all those movies, they're just, Really, even though they have his style, they he's really tackling different subject matters within each foray, you know? Yeah, I think he's always going to be considered a little bit of a B-movie guy because it's just he kind of crossed over between those two. So I don't think you're ever going to get... I think that the Argento gets a little more respect in his heyday, although some of the stuff he made later, not so much. But I don't think Bob will ever get quite as much. But people who are into the genre of sci-fi or especially horror, Baba's definitely in their repertoire so speaking of which didn't they just come out with like an arrow release of this or is there one coming out probably i don't know i I, 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 I thought maybe someone in the cinematics facebook posted something on I, planet of the vampires oh 
Okay. I, I think so. I think so. Or maybe I just imagined it, which is also completely possible because my brain sucks. But I, I think I remember seeing that there's there might be a really nice uh, physical okay. release of this coming out soon. And if that's the case, hey, check it out because this is I I would really like to see a behind the scenes of this if they I I don't know how much they you know how much behind the scenes right. they would add back then. But yeah, the the filmmaking of this of how they did the sets and the effects and everything because it's all got to be in camera is really good and I would love to see how they did that. Yeah. All I'm going to say is I can't wait to you know first of all, Eric I shouldn't have sent you the Black Black Sabbath Blu-ray because you have Shutter and it's on Shutter right now. But you know what? Anyways, you're gonna have the physical copy for yourself, and that's gonna be awesome. Well, you can you can send it to other people. We can do the chain, but if you want the chain to stop to you, and you can have it for your library, that's gonna be really cool. You know, next week we've got to keep on doing the Baba train. We'll we'll figure some other Baba movie to maybe I'll finally pick up Shutter and and watch uh, or do a rewind on a couple of your Baba picks. Um, if I had had the choice to pick. Planet of the Vampires or Danger Diabolique, or Diabolic, on Blu-ray. Which one would you pick first? You have thirty bucks wow. for what for you? you. I think maybe Danger Diabolique. Mm, yeah, uh, it seems neither one of them really jumps out at me and says Greg movie. But of the right. two, Danger Diabolique is probably more up your alley okay. than Planet of the Vampires is. I would say Deep Red by Argento. That's what you really yeah. want. That's oh, what yeah. you really want, Greg. <laughs> oh, really? Deep Red? You think that's... Okay, so yeah. you think, Eric, Deep Red is the, my next one that I should definitely it, check absolutely. out? Absolutely. Yeah, the, of oh. the three, Deep Red's... That, that's, that one's going to be the one. <laughs> okay. Deep Red and, is like Greg on crack. Okay. Yeah. very. I'm, like, I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. Now, I have one recommendation before we get to your final recommendation, Bruce. You have one more recommendation sure here we go whoops whoops i'm almost breaking this okay here here we go the deer hunter the deer hunter available on shout factory if it is this is a plug because i received this copy 4k ultra hd from shout factory thank you shout factory for sending me the blu-ray 4k ultra hd blu-ray months ago and i never really covered it up again yep you hold that up again that was a night i like that is that like one of the? Is that like a painted one? Yeah. Kind of like the yeah, it's G- like a painted. Uh, yeah, listen, yeah, listeners. He, he, here's the thing: the the Shout Factory version comes out. It's it's just not the poster on the cover. It has a sort of an artistic rendering of Robert De Niro, Chris Walken, Meryl Streep, and John Savage. It's part of Shout Factory's Shout Select collection. And yeah. you know how horrible I am. I'm worse than Eric Holmes and Bruce Perkett promoting. I'm just showing the Deer Hunter because I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I just saw it for the first time last weekend. Really love it. Classic movie. What else are you going to say about it? I just want to mention this because after watching this three hour and one or three hour and two minute movie, by the way, this is a collector's edition. I was amazed by the chemistry between Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep. I'll throw it out to you guys. Did you, do you remember watching the deer hunter and did you remember that there was this palpable chemistry between both of them or is it was it so long ago that you you don't you have a vague recollection or there's just there was just too much going on that that you didn't even focus on on that element of the movie i remember a uh what what do you call a a russian roulette game at the beginning or am i yeah i remember that and then i remember other parts too but i think that's deliverance so i don't think that happened in deer hunter <laughs> both those no movies one squealed like a pig i'm just telling you right now no okay, one squealed then, yeah. like a pig 
No, Deer Hunter is definitely one. I, I I liked it when I saw it, and I need to revisit it. And for that matter, I think I need to revisit Deliverance because both those movies run together for me. Okay. Bruce, did you remember anything about the chemistry? Very vaguely. It's been years since you've seen it. I do, um, because I remember, um, well, I think the second time I watched it, I, I was able to focus much more on that opening. I want to say it's almost an hour, the wedding and all of that stuff. And it's yes. where it's honestly, it's the chemistry and the relationship building between like all of the characters. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty wondrous. It's, it's pretty amazing, but yeah, their, their chemistry was great in that movie. My recommendation this week, my one recommendation this week is falling in love made in 1984, directed by Ulu Grossbart, okay? Ulu Grossbart, actually, years ago, I had a one-on-one with him for this movie he did with Jennifer Jason Lee called Georgia. And you got to think, I, I forgot when Georgia came out, but that was in the 90s. I was in my 20s. I had not seen Falling in Love. I remember, Bruce, you and I are sort of the same age. Mm-hmm. I remember when when this came out in 1984, I said, oh, De Niro, Raging Bull De Niro, and Sophie's Choice, Meryl Streep, in this innocuous, ridiculous movie called Falling in Love. I was 13 at the time. I said, you know what? I'm never going to see this movie. Just never. It just seemed like a waste of time. And I remember when I interviewed Ulu Grossbard, I did not ask him about Falling in Love because A, I hadn't seen it. And B, I thought it was probably a blip on his body of work because it's it looks like some kind of cheesy romance that you'd see in... Okay, on cable. Falling in Love, 1984, an hour and 46 minutes as we record this currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video because of the heat that I saw, the chemistry I saw with Robert De Niro and Meryl Streep. I wanted to see how that translated to Falling in Love, made in 1984. Blown away by this movie. Blown. (laughs) Okay, here's a plot synopsis. Although they live married lives, two strangers keep running into each other, starting a friendship that could blossom into so much more. So essentially, we don't even need to know the names. De Niro, Streep, their characters, they're both married. They take the train in to the city, the city, of course, being New York. And for some coincidence, this is, oh, by the way, this movie set during Christmas, Christmas-themed movie, inadvertently, this is a Christmas-themed movie, Falling in Love. They meet around the holidays in a happenstance things happenstance situation in the train and it centers on how their relationship friendship blossoms during that the holiday season and that's it that's the entire movie i was reading on imdb and, and amazon all these reviews and they're saying oh man this movie nothing really happens it's just a relationship movie yeah it's just a relationship movie but it also stars meryl streep and robert Niro, <laughs> two of the best actors period and the chemistry that you see in The Deer Hunter pretty much explodes on screen with Falling in Love. And it's such a simple story, but I've never seen Robert De Niro as a just this romantic lead. I've never seen it. And here he's a completely believable romantic lead. And when they're actually close to each other on the train or they're talking with each other close together, pre-COVID times, close together, you really feel... I'm not kidding. You you really feel the, the sexual tension. I really felt wow. it. And yeah, and I I'm assuming they were acting because they were, they were both married or they're both with partners, but you really feel that they we were talking about Titanic, Leo and Kate. A lot of people were saying that they were the Leo and Kate of their days, but when when you see much respect to Titanic, when I saw DiCaprio and Winslet in Titanic, it felt more like 
brother and sister here you feel like they really want to go at each other like a pack of animals sexually because they really need each other and it's amazing to watch it i'm turning i'm i'm a middle-aged guy i'm telling you i don't have i just watch movies i'm getting old i'm thinking of my of aarp and my 401k plan and how much money i have in retirement by the time i'm 65 or 66 i don't think about quote unquote falling in love but I'm gonna, as Eric, as you're laughing, I'm, I'm, this is the truth. I all I do is movie podcasts with with dudes. I don't think about women. Period. You know, um, unless I'm a, unless it's early morning on my Chromebook. Everything is it's just about movie movie reviews. But falling in love, actually, sorry about that. Too personal. Falling in love reminded reminds me of the passion one can actually feel. I was really, I was. I hope I actually am commanding both of you to watch Falling. Commanding. <laughs> commanding. I'll see Deep Red. I'll see Deep Red. I'm I'm all about Argento and Bava and all that stuff. But I, I I urge both of you, if you have an inkling of respect for De Niro and Streep, you have to see them in this movie. They're amazing. The actual story execution might not be it's a simple story, but imagine a simple story done by the best actors of any generation. So falling in love. Did you, have you guys heard of this movie? I'm sure you have, right, oh, yeah. Eric? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, You've... but uh, <laughs> I was laughing because the way you uh, described uh, uh, like being real passionate with someone towards sex. And I was like, imagine it. What's going to be like having sex with Greg? He takes his shirt off. It's like, I'm going to come at you like a pack of animals. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> and so i will watch this and anytime there's uh anytime there's uh, any sexual tension i'm just gonna have greg pop in my head just i'm gonna come at you like a pack of animals <laughs> no I'm, or I'm gonna say i'm gonna you want to see a twisty thriller come here <laughs> yeah so but anyways falling in love excellent excellent movie it's streaming on amazon prime video we've done I'm going to tell you right now, we've done a bunch of episodes on Find Your Film. Before that, we were movie mainline. But all these months we've been doing it, I, I can't recommend a movie more than Falling in Love. Especially, I, Bruce, we're, we're Gen Xers. We're both Generation Xers. Yep. I, we're talking about multiverses with, with Parallel. And I, a part of me, maybe because I'm an idiot, I have ignored pretty much most of Meryl Streep's movies. It, I've realized I haven't seen Plenty. I haven't seen Silkwood. I haven't seen Sophie's Choice. I haven't seen Death Becomes Her. I haven't seen a whole bunch of stuff. Just, uh, yeah, a, a lot of a lot of her movies I have not seen. And I, I wonder if I turned back time and I actually did see The Deer Hunter and and Falling in Love. My And over the years, more street films, I, I think probably my own movie taste would have been markedly uh, changed by her. Bruce, do, Growing up, did you watch a lot of street movies? Sure. You always- like a lot of the big movies that came out had street in them, and I'd, I'd watch them, sure. Uh, I just wanted to mention that if you do see Silkwood, the only way to do it is to um, turn back time. Would someone like to sing Turn Back Time to him? <laughs> turn <laughs> no back time. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's a Cher Because Cher is in that movie, of course. You know that, right? Yes, yes, yes. There is that go. good? Is, is Silkwood good? Silkwood? Silkwood is very good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you guys have a favorite street film? Right off the top, which favorite street film? Uh, Kramer versus Kramer comes to mind. Oh, very that's good. That's the only one that comes to mind. Oh. But yeah, that, that that one I saw when I was real young, but I really like that one. I, I probably need to go back to that one again, too. I don't know. I mean, Deer Hunter is pretty damn good. Um, that's right. That's right. Um, 
She's been in so many different great movies, though. I mean, even something that seems silly, like uh, what's the Dead becomes her again, or no? Devil, I'm thinking Prada, of the Devil's Prada. Yeah, Devil's Prada. Yeah. she's awesome in that great. movie. Yeah, That's I mean, good. Yeah, so That's I mean, great. I I think you can you, doubt? you can't. I don't remember Doubt very well. Good. By the way, I interviewed her for Doubt, directed by John Patrick Shanley, starring Amy mm. Adams, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Interviewed her for the only time. She came into our room, nicest person in the world, Re- literally nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, if I, again multiverse, if I'd seen Falling in Love and Plenty and <laughs> The Deer Hunter, and she walked into the room back then, I would have probably been just completely intimidated. Oh, yeah. But the fact that up to the, the the point of doubt of meeting her, I just knew her as Meryl Streep without watching any of those movies. It was just it was just normal. But she was very very nice. So props to Meryl Streep. I'm hoping my Christmas present would be for you, Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes to watch Falling in Love 1984. Listeners, tell us what you think of night of Falling in Love streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Eric Holmes, what is your third and final recommendation? All right. My third recommendation. Oh, we got a recommendation and a half. We got a recommendation and a tease, or maybe we'll save the tease for the okay. very, very last. Okay. Uh, but my third movie is uh a video game movie, sort of, in a manner of speaking. Uh, David Cronenberg, 1999. It's called Existence. This movie is starring Jennifer Jason Lee and Jude Law. And uh, let's see, Ian Holm pops up, Willem Dafoe, uh, Christopher Excelston, and Sarah, pa- Sarah Pauly. I believe she's the uh, girl at the beginning. Eric, um, is Existence Z? Is a Z silent or is it just backwards or what this is a weird the way is it caps it's weird how why do they spell it like this e capital x i what is that existence is a video game Mm -hmm. and so when they they actually spell it out in the movie with the big x and the big z and everything else is lowercase uh jennifer jason lee basically invented existence it's like a it's kind of like a video game well it is a video game but it's uh like a alternate reality sort of thing not like virtual reality but like it's 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 not a game that you win but you just immerse yourself in this world and in this world you can do anything and they've since plug into it kind of plug into it yeah you know kind of like ready ready player one but long Mm -hmm. before ready player one came out this came out in 99 and you know there's since been a lot of other movies using the same similar thing except their uh video game isn't like uh you know, it doesn't have a mouse or a joystick or a little controller or even a remote control. It has this blob of flesh that you plug I into your back. remember that. Yes, yes. And it's, this movie is very uh, sexual, like when they're when they're caressing it. And uh, like I can imagine Greg playing. Do they caress it like a pack of animals? He's going to be like, I'm going to come at you like a pack of animals. <laughs> With a bone tooth gun. <laughs> Yeah. So they, yeah, they go in this, they go in this world and it's, you know, you, you kind of, you're just kind of following them through. Uh, they're trying to figure out the, figuring out the video game. Well, what, what it is, is uh, Jude Law doesn't have that back piece that he can get the games plugged into. And so he gets, he gets that and then her game gets plugged in and it burns up. And so now they have to, oh, you broke the game. I'm separated from the game. That's the only version. So we got to go figure out how to try to fix it. But they're in the game, trying to fix the game, and it gets a little it gets a little Christopher Nolan at times. But and I haven't seen this movie in years as well. And the ending, and I'm not going to get too much into it. But there's a, a part at the very last, like I'd say five minutes, ten, five ten minutes of this movie. 
It does these really subtle things. And we've, we've talked before, and I'm sure many other people have, where um, certain filmmakers or storytellers are ahead of their time. Like, wow, they really called that. The, the doors that open by themselves in Star Trek or Star Wars. Like, and now we have those. Like, you know, they're so brilliant. But there's some stuff that they do with uh, cell phones, I guess. And 1999, they didn't have those. They had the, they had the, they didn't have the brick phone, but it was like the flip phone sort of thing. Yeah, like flip phone and no Nokia, the little Nokias that you'd get. Yeah, they had like cell phones like these, and I, I guess I can just tell you this because it's not part of the plot or anything. But they're so they're out of the Existence game, and they're in the they're out of the video game world in the in the real world, and now everyone's just kind of on their phone, just looking. Meanwhile, all this shit's happening. People are like, you know, uh, killing each other and shit out like in the real world right next to them. And everyone's just on their phone, just <laughs> kind of looking wow. down like that, that, that goes, that goes beyond being ahead of your time. He came from a time machine and saw that happen and go, I'm going it, to, it, it's cool. so, it's such a subtle touch. And I cannot believe it happened. I, I cannot believe he had that in the movie in 99 before that would that be a great question to ask Cronenberg if I'm sure oh yeah I wonder if I'm sure it's someone's asked him but I I, I haven't seen it but that'd be a great question to see that but yeah mm-hmm. existence the, this movie's not for everyone but uh it, no. it I mean, it's a Cronenberg movie so I mean if you like David Cronenberg but well, if you like David Cronenberg you probably already seen existence but this is a really weird movie really fun movie get to see Willem Dafoe, Ian Holm, Jude Law, Jennifer Jason Lee, a bunch of weird, uh, you know, going at them like a pack of animals, weird uh, <laughs> body horror moments. The, the Bruce said the bone gun with the teeth bullets. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of weird body horror stuff and really bunch of uh, really gross stuff because it's it's a really gross movie, but it's not like there's not a lot of blood. But there's a bunch yeah. of stuff that'll happen that'll make you go, Ugh, like especially like when he uh, Jude Law is making the bone gun, and he's like pulling the meat off and everything it's like, it's like oh, stop it. <laughs> um, i did i did the press junket not to drop some names but i i did the press junket for existence i haven't seen it since 1999 wait eric you said you rented it right you rented it existence yeah. okay yeah. you rented it okay, which so. is stupid because i have this one <laughs> you, you had this on hardcover yeah you know that's cool yeah you had it on physical media i, I need to get this on physical media i, I haven't seen it for for 20 plus 20 years and i remember really enjoying this movie bruce you remember enjoying this movie as well right yeah extends when you when you saw it i need to rewatch it again but yes i remember enjoying it a lot too this to me always felt like the kind of the spiritual like companion piece to like videodrome, videodrome. i feel yeah. like those two were definitely like made for each other so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that, this is also really sexual too like the movie like when when they get the the plug in the back and there's a part where like uh because it's not it's the video games are like uh organic mm-hmm. so like jude law's like oh it hurts oh it's infecting she's like no it's not infected it's just excited hold on <laughs> it's like, I remember that. yeah it's like yeah. fingering the the back hole it's like Ugh. <laughs> yeah so that is existence and eric holmes has a physical media copy but he also rented it yeah david david cornenberg not to drop names really nice guy to interview as well I remember actually doing a one-on-one interview with him and I don't have the tapes, but he's always been a cool interview. Speaking of interviews, Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes, 
Eric, what have you been doing on the interviewing front and, and having Bruce along by your side doing this? What's what's going on for, for next week? Well, so that, I guess that would be the tease. Uh, I was going to was going to uh, review Max Cloud this week, but we have an uh, interview with uh, Elliot Langridge, who is a cast member, and Sally Collette, who is also a cast member and the writer of uh, Max Cloud, starring Scott Atkins and Tommy Flanagan. And this movie's really, really fun. It's uh, another video game movie, which is why I watched what made me want to watch Existence today. Uh, but, uh, you know, a girl gets sucked into a you know, eight 16 bit video game called max cloud. And then you get to see uh, uh, Scott Atkins kind of play a uh, buzz Lightyear type figure. The uh, number of fear max cloud is here. And I don't know him in the video game, but even though everyone, you know, it's, it's kind of one, it, it's a silly movie, but it's really funny and it's really fun. And we got a, so we interviewed Elliot language earlier today. And then I think we're going to be interviewing Sally Collette uh, early next week. So Fingers, yeah, that'd be cool. I think what we're just going to do is uh, we're just going to we're going to hold the Max Cloud interview for now, but we're just going to come at you with a whole whole maybe a Max Cloud special video game episode. Who knows? Bruce and I were talking about doing a, a favorite '90s video game, and it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. Yeah, that that's going to be our interviewing element of Find Your Film, which is really cool. That's spearheaded by. Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky. Bruce, straight up, is Eric Holmes already a better interviewer than me? No. <laughs> um, I think we both uh, we're we're missing you a little bit today. So uh, no, you're you're still you're still the king. Oh, I would rather say queen, but that, that would have been either way. You can be the queen. Hey, we don't judge here. You can be um, cool. non-specific hey, hey, if you want. Greg, Greg, yes, Greg, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Remember that time you were in cinematics? Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> okay. that's, pretty much, that's pretty much my interview style. So <laughs> that's still a very good interviewing style. Interviewing style, just as long you'll always be. You guys will always be in my good graces as long as both of you see falling in love by next week. Bruce Perky, before we get into your final recommendation, find your film. Mm-hmm. Can you do an? Um, we did the Max Cloud teaser teaser thing which i'm i'm excited to talk about 16 bit and side scrollers and all that stuff next week for max cloud but what else are we going to be talking about next week you know uh, oh yeah what, what we're have gonna planned? have a director spotlight next week i mm-hmm. think that's what you're referring to we are yes. going to be doing a director spotlight on hal ashby kind of inspired by bringing up uh, harold mod last week uh, i thought well there's some old movies of his that I've seen, but it's been so long. I think they're great. And I think it would be fun to see what else, some other things he's done. So we're going to be doing um, Being There, which is one of the last movies I think that Peter Sellers did. One of the last. Uh, and we're going to do The Last Detail, uh, which is an early uh, Jack Nicholson movie. And also a very early role by the crazy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid is also in Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Yes, Randy. You don't know Quaid. which one's the crazy Quaid. I, I mean, have a talk. <laughs> no, the last detail, which is I haven't I haven't seen the the one with the Steve Steve Carell film years later. I, last flag flying, the Richard Linklater film. Was that any good? Oh. The, the remember that that was sort of a a quasi remake, uh, not a, a sequel to that last detail. Oh, I don't know. If I you, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm not kidding. That's actually a, sort of a, oh. I forgot. Did you see that one with Richard Linklater? Eric Holmes the one with Steve Carell, the Vietnam thing about his son and stuff like that. Was it Steve Carell? 
Remember, what was that? Yeah, I was I was saying the Waking Life, but that's not it. No, um, but anyway, so yeah, so have you already seen that, or are you going to see it within the week, Bruce? Have you seen these movies? Because no, I'm going to watch them again this week. So uh, I'm going to be watching them sometime during this week. I I mean, before or after Falling in Love and Existence and some other movies. So (laughs) (laughs) okay, Eric Holmes, the last detail in being there. Are you familiar with both films? Have you seen it, or are you excited to see it for next week? Haven't seen any of them. Not that I know of anyway. I mean, there's always a there's always a chance I put it on and be like, oh yeah, I've seen this, but I don't think I have. Okay. Okay, little little uh recommendation, listeners. So being there and uh being there and the last detail, that's what Bruce Perky is covering next week for Hal Ashby. That's our director spotlight. And if you want to do some really extra homework, which I'm not gonna do, well maybe I'll do it. Last flag flying, directed by Richard Linklater, 2017. It is a sort of sequel to The Last Detail. I believe I, I could be that. wrong. Yeah, I could be wrong. I'm going to probably Google it and I'm probably completely wrong. But anyways, most importantly, Bruce, what is your final recommendation for a fine film? Uh, final recommendation. So I mentioned, um, I think it was two shows ago, maybe one show ago, that there's this series of a small act series of all these Steve McQueen movies. Uh, they're continuing. Uh, they, and I'm not talking about one of those today, but they are really good. Keep watching them if you have a chance. I'm on the third one now. But that kind of inspired me to um, a lot of it. That is about the Black experience historically in London. And I noticed just recently a movie I'd never seen, but I'd heard about, uh, fell on Netflix this last week or so. And I don't think it was on there before. And that was Ryan Coogler's Fruitvale Station. Mm which is a pretty amazing movie if you haven't seen it. I know a lot of people have seen it. Kind of the breakout movie for Michael B. Jordan as the main character, which is Oscar Grant. Not a character, a real-life person, because this is based on a real-life event. Yeah, horrifying event. Um, Once again, the actual event was from 2008. So I'm always struck, uh, you know, whether it's The Trial of Chicago 7, you know, pick, pick the movie. I'm always struck by these movies that are about real events that took place, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and how they're unfortunately still really timely and still really true. And everybody knows about the stories happening now, but they might've forgotten about, you know, what happened at Fruitvale Station. Once again, this is Michael B. Jordan. If you don't know Ryan Coogler, he did obviously Creed, he did Black Panther after this. So he's gone on to some pretty big movies, more kind of crowd-pleasing movies than this. Uh, Sophina is Oscar Grant's... um, uh, girlfriend played by Mel- Melanie Diaz. And then Wanda is his mom played by Octavia Spencer. That's probably the kind of the biggest characters in this movie. The basic mm-hmm. concept it's new year's day. And it basically starts in the morning of new year's day and is a day in the life of this character, Oscar Grant. And uh, he's, you know, a real person and they paint him as a real person. They don't overly glorify him. They show his, you know, his failings, they show his, you know, positive sides. They just show kind of what he's doing in a day. And it, as you might guess, it leads to a, a pretty, uh, pretty intense final moments in this movie, um, New Year's Eve. And um, it's, it's quite something as a character piece and just as a, you know, political sociological piece. It's a pretty, pretty amazing movie. What did you... It's one of those things where after watch, I've never seen it. So mm-hmm. after watching this movie, you understand why Jordan and Coogler had went on to a stratospheric 
type of career for both of them? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say watching this movie, I would necessarily predict that he would make things like, you know, Black Panther. I mean, not that it's not a great movie, but that's such a big kind of tentpole, crowd-pleasing kind of movie. This is much more of a, like, slice of life kind of movie. And you could see him doing more personal movies. It's a very, very personal movie, you know, so I could see him doing, you know, movies more like, I don't know, you know, Moonlight or those kind of movies like... uh, Very good, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, those kind of things where it's just like very character driven, very, very um, moments in a person's life kind of movies. And the fact that he can do that and do the other really shows a breadth. Uh, Hopefully at some point he does kind of return to this sort of thing. But it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty, pretty cool movie. If you haven't seen it, it'll, it'll hit you. It'll definitely hit you. Okay. Fruitvale Station currently streaming on Netflix. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. I apologize for not seeing it. Perfect Christmas that, movie. Perfect Christmas perfect movie Christmas to put movie. you in the moon and the cheer. <laughs> and Eric Holmes, no, first time you saw Foodvale Station, you were floored too by the execution. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, well, the way it's... Yeah. I didn't know what the, uh, I didn't know what the story was before seeing it or even what it was going to be about. And yeah, I was definitely floored. And then unfortunately what happens in that became, I mean, it has been common. We just haven't heard about it previously and it's, seems like it's become more common ever since disgustingly common and yeah it's it's i the thing i like about fruitvale station the most is like bruce said they uh you know oscar grant wasn't a perfect human he you know he was kind of a shithead sometimes not all the time but sometimes but he did not deserve what happened to him at all like and so Many times when stuff like that happens, a lot of people like to go back and say, oh, yeah, well, they sold drugs or, oh, yeah, they were an asshole to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, maybe they, maybe they were. But did they get did, did they fucking deserve to get shot in the fucking back by a pig? I don't think so. Mm. Spoiler alert. But uh, I'm sorry that when it comes to police brutality, the stuff gets under my skin and in such a bad way. And, and that's I, yeah, that, that's one of the things I love about Fruitvale Station yes. is. It doesn't pull punches like they don't they don't lionize Michael B. Jordan's char- Oscar Grant character. Yeah, he is what he is. But did he deserve that? No, he did not. And and that's the whole point. I mean, that is the point of the movie. And that is the importance of the movie, I think. And that's where a movie can be art. It can also be important, like important in the world. And I think exactly what you're saying is exactly the strength of this movie is that you are allowed to to take. All we see usually is the moment in time that becomes the news story and the people around it are allowed to paint the life of that person, as opposed to just showing you a day in the life of the person like this movie does and says, this is a real full, complete human being with a life and a family and history. And then you're just narrowing it down to this one moment and you're not, you're not getting the context of the reality of a human life. And I think, that's the importance that a movie of this, like of this sort can bring. And, you know, Hey, that's my political statement, I guess, but I mean, I'm right on board with what Eric is saying. Okay, yeah. I also kind of, you know, to what he's done, I think Ryan Cooler has been getting diminishing returns. Cause I, I, I like, I love Fruitvale station. I like Creed and, and black Panther is fine too, but it, Dude, he came out of the gate strong with Fruitvale Station. I, I would really love to see him kind of go back to back to that but kind of filmmaking. 
we've talked about this before, right? The bigger you get, the more the movie's made by committee. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it isn't allowed yeah, that, to it isn't allowed to be a singular vision, you know? Yeah. And and that's kind of the problem with that. Like uh I love Jeremy Saunier. Don't want to see him do a Batman movie because it's not gonna be a Jeremy Saunier movie. It's gonna be a Batman movie with little sprinkles of Jeremy Saunier in it, you know. That's it's kind of what uh you know what I'd love to see. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch something. So if Ryan Coogler is <laughs> listening, because this does the best of both worlds. It's got the uh the, this will be the big franchise movie, but it also bring it home and do something uh really socially relevant that I think Ryan Coogler would uh be great at. A remake of Assault on Precinct 13. Yeah. A, a cop, a cop uh unnecessarily kills some unarmed citizen, gets away with it. There's a violent uproar, and instead of uh, assaulting Precinct 13 as gang members trying to get their gang leader out of the precinct, it's all the uh, all the people, uh, the community, coming towards the precinct demanding justice for the death of so-and-so. So they're trying to get in and exact revenge, get justice. And then you could have both sides. You could have the, the people on the community side talk back and forth about, you know, oh, this is what Martin Luther King did. Oh, screw it. We're, you know, they're shooting us. We're going to kill them. And meanwhile, the police are like, why'd you kill them for? Why'd you do that? And it's like, oh, you're part of me. we got to support, you know, yeah. there's so much cool stuff in there. I think Ryan Cooler would be great at something like that. And yeah. it's, it's got name recognition assault on Precinct 13. And it would be an actual interesting remake to do with the same premise. So Absolutely. Ryan Cooler, if you're, if That's you're listening to a remake of Assault on Precinct 13, it would be fantastic. But man, yeah, like Coogler, Coogler um, Black Panther, his last movie, 2018, like you were saying, Creed 2015, and Fruit Bale Station 2013 now. And he's in pre-production for Black, uh, Black Panther 2. And I don't maybe. know, what, maybe what's going to happen with that. And then he was also announced for a movie called Wrong Answer. That said... We're not. We probably won't see a Ryan Coogler film until the year 2022. So, yeah, that's tough. I mean, he's, he's such a great filmmaker. So okay, go watch all of the small act stuff then, because you got five movies <laughs> by Steve okay. McQueen. That's a, that's a lot of movies we covered this week. Do you guys have anything else to say? Also, I'm so glad Bruce Perky. He's been ramping up the movie reviews. He, Bruce, can you uh, very quickly on Russell Meyer? You've been doing. A couple of reviews. Can you mention what you've been working on? Yeah, I'm on trying to week? do a two or three a week. Uh, this week I did Mank, individual review of Mank. I did an individual review of um, Sound of Metal. And I just did one of um, Anything for Jackson. Okay, very cool. So you can catch that on Rustomire, R-U-S-T-O-M-I-R-E. We'll have a link on our show notes. Eric Holmes, Eric of the Vampires. Anything you want to plug? Anything you've been working on or not that much? You're good. You've been doing the interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got the we got the uh, we got the Max Cloud interviews, and uh, I believe uh, Bruce has a couple irons in the fire as well. And I do. I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about Find Your Film because uh, there's a yeah. Keep listening, keep watching, keep listening because we got some surprises coming, and I can't wait to, for everyone to see them. That's and my plug. Find your film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and listeners, you know, if you can, please rate and review our podcast. Five stars will help us get, get seen in, in that podcast sphere everywhere. And, uh, you know, just email us or, or reach out to us. Tell us what you think of the show. Thank you so much for, 
for listening and also join our cinematics Facebook group. That's where we're, most of us live and we talk movies back and forth. I do giveaways, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff will be in our show notes. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week. And thank you so much. I was going to try to incorporate pack of animals in a funny way, but I'm almost 50. So not too many things these days is very funny to me, but except uh, I'm, I love hanging out with you guys and I love nothing else i love nothing else just movies but you know what falling in love might be a whole different might be a change in my life you know maybe if i can go back in the multiverse and meet meryl streep in another age but i'm babbling bruce you want to say something before before we go anything find your film three beasts coming at you coming at you next week